Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Is muted. Only the host can unmute your line. Raise your hand using star 2 so the host knows when you want to speak. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our Sunday night Bible study and fellowship here on TalkShoe and live on YouTube as well. I appreciate the ones that are here tonight, and I'm uh, glad to have a new listener with us with Brother Sergio. She hadn't told us her name yet, but if she wouldn't mind, you, sister, you could tell us what your name is. Uh, they're muted right now because of the noise. Oh, okay, that's okay. Okay. We don't need necessarily need to know her name anyway, but I just thought it'd be nice if she wanted to. to give she can type it in the chat. Yeah, she can type it in the chat. That's right. But anyway, folks, tonight we're going to be in First Corinthians chapter five. As Paul starts his tongue lashing and rebuking, as he got wound wound up with the judgment seat of Christ in chapter three and verse, and in chapter four he starts his personal rebuke of the most carnal worldly church that he wrote letters to and he's going to get down and dirty and personal about personal sin within the body of christ and it, he calls out the individual calls on the body to judge this person to remove them from the congregation for the certain act that they were committing and everybody wants to hone in on that one thing but as we're going to see as paul gets finished with the first tongue lashing that he mentions some other things and we're going to find out just how far away today the modern body of christ is from real christianity i made that statement many many times how far away we are removed from first century christianity and it, this only actually happened among true Bible believers in the in the last 75 years. Um, I, when I first got saved and was in the church, they were still churching people. That's what they call it down south. They were still kicking people out of the body, out of the local assembly. I've made the statement before. I first become a church of Christ, like I said, was the, the biggest joke to have half drunk and everything else i got excommunicated from the church of christ and i saved that excommunication paper for years till it got lost in a move back in the middle of 1980s but anyway it said neither here nor there but paul's gonna talk about one specific thing i gave a little heads up on it in the last program and we're going to see how paul the reason paul did it and he tells why he did it and we're going to see his final conclusion about the matter before we get into some other stuff. We'll go to the concordance, Strong's concordance, and we'll read what some of the meanings are other than what the book, the, this chapter, chapter five starts out about. So after having said all that, if there's any prayer requests that anyone has out there, 
special prayer request. Um, you can type it in the chat room where it can be seen. And at the end of the program, if Brother Dave will um, check it out, we'll, we'll pray about it at the end of the program. So after having said that, Brother Dave, if you would go ahead and open us in a word of prayer. Yes. Lord Jesus, we come tonight and we thank you, Father, for sending the Lord Jesus Christ, the apostle of our faith, to enter this dimension into this realm and to be the first fruits. And Lord, we thank you that you've enabled us by your spirit to be born of your spirit and to become partakers of the spirit of God and the life of Christ in us and to be fruit. I pray, Lord, that tonight that this program and the words that are taught bring forth fruit to the preeminent Lord Jesus Christ's glory that the world would see a difference in us because we have a different spirit than the spirit that's of this earth, that's of this world. And Lord, we follow the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and those who aren't saved are following the ways of the world and the God of this world, Satan, whether they know it or not. But we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son and Lord tonight. I pray that all those people who visited here in the past, we could mention many names, but Lord, you know who they are. Those who had commitments, made commitments or just visited. Lord, I pray that you renew them, strengthen them, encourage them. I pray that they're in fellowships where you've led them to be and if not lord i pray that they're called to come back here and listen i pray that they're diligent downloaders and i pray father in the name of jesus that you would help us to perfect our ability to to continue to study to show ourselves approve and lord to work harder at becoming better teachers and preachers and readers of your word on the air and in private among people and lord i pray that you would help us to be good witnesses wherever we go and lord i lift up to you our new guest tonight debbie and i pray father in the name of jesus that you would bless her tonight with revelation knowledge and i pray that the spirit of the lord jesus christ minister to her and open her heart and mind to hear things that she is heretofore not heard and that would bless her and i pray for her needs to be met whatever they may be let it bring glory to you as her needs are met and i pray all these things in the name of jesus so be it amen 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 first corinthians chapter five we've already went through a couple of verses just to get kicked off into chapter five and uh friday night's program uh, we will go back over it again. I'll make a few comments and we will continue on. Brother Dave, First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. Okay. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you in such fornication as is not so much as mentioned among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. Okay. Here we said something I didn't mention in verse 1 as we finished the program the other night. Paul says it's, it's reported commonly. In other words, it's, it, this wasn't some secret error going on. This wasn't some secret sin going on in the congregation. 
It was commonly reported. Everybody knew it. And Paul gets hot about it because they haven't judged it and taken care of the problem. And this, this, this chapter five is not only about the certain sin of illicit sex, which is that that's what the fornication is in this context right here. But it's also, it's going to bring up some other things as well. And um, it's going to surprise some people because most pre, most pastors will hone in on this. Most of them won't even teach about it. They want, number one, they won't explain two different types of fornication. One, which is race mixing, which Esau did, where he's called a fornicator in Hebrews chapter 12, or then illicit sex, as it is reported here that he's talking about. You know that from the context of the subject matter, that one should have his father's wife. Now, there's two possibilities here. Or there, there's actually three. And I'll mention the third one in just a second. The first one is he, is he, he pulled a ham, like what happened back in Genesis when it says that Ham saw his father's nakedness. And you find out in, um, in, in the book of Exodus, the Exodus or Deuteronomy, no, it's in Leviticus, that the nakedness of the father includes his mother. Go check it out. Don't take my word for it. Okay? So we don't know necessarily what, ha what happened, but we do know the results of that. Second possibility is that it's one, it's his stepmother. Okay, his father's been married more than once. The third possibility is that it is one of his, not his mother, but it is a it, polygamy was prevalent during this period of time. That's the reason one of the qualifications for a pastor that sat down in Timothy is the pastor should be the husband of one wife. Okay? So it's possible that it, this, this man in the congregation, one of the members of this assembly, had more than one wife. That would take the possibility out of it being either his stepmother or his real mother. I just wanted to bring that out. Verse 2, brother. And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already, as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. See, in, in the light of such um, what people would look at, remember what I'm fixing to say as we go further on in the chapter, please. Such a, a heinous act that we would look at it so, so downtroddenly if, if it was his real mother or if it was his stepmother 
or if it was one of the other ones, it doesn't matter. I mean, really, but we we look down, oh, this is bad, oh, this is bad news, this is bad news. Well, Paul's saying that they should have judged and handled it already. And Paul said he's judged the matter, and he tells them what to do. And this is a brother in Christ. It says that the flesh may turn the body over for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit or the inward man, the one that's born again, that cannot be, that cannot sin, it will be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. That would be the judgment seat of Christ. That's like the people in chapter 3, that's works are all burned up, but they themselves are saved, yet so as by fire. Okay? Now, this is Paul's judgment. Now, we're going to we'll give you Paul the, the reason Paul came to this judgment, why he told them this in a letter in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 after we finish dealing with this specific subject right here. I'll show you what his final conclusion was and give you words out of his own mouth as to why he gave this admonition to these, uh, these uh, this assembly in Corinth. Continue on, Brother Dave. Okay, let me see if I have you right there. So you're saying he's not uh, giving this type of fornication a certain degree worse than any other type of fornication that no matter what type of fornication it was, whether it was homosexuality, pedophile, or, you know, uh, illicit sex with another woman, whatever it was, that they should have... He, he explains what it is. The man... I, I'm asking you a question, that's all. I'm asking okay. you a question. So you're okay. just saying that they... He's telling them to, to to judge it this way that they should have judged it regardless of what kind of fornication it was right absolutely absolutely okay yeah good yeah that's what i thought you were saying just wanted to make sure i understood what you said thank you amen brother yep that's exactly what he's doing no so continue on brother okay verse six your glory is not good know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump okay there he says your glorying is not good in other words it is commonly known among you it says up here it's commonly known so they all the assembly just about knows what's going on and he says your glorying is not good in other words they're not having any problem with it they're letting it go on like it's no big deal in the assembly and paul just gets bent out of shape because they hadn't taken care of it so they undoubtedly knew what to do already and did not do it. And Paul's going to make that plain of why he gave these instructions in chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Okay, verse 7. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Amen. Amen. Now go to Second Corinthians chapter 2, Brother Dave, and start okay. at verse 1, and we will find this is Paul's second letter to the assembly of Corinth, and he's going to explain why he did what he did. And then... 
go find another Bible teacher out there. Other, like I've said many times before, and it's got nothing to do with me being smart at all. It's just got to do with where I come from and how we were taught to search the word of God for your answers instead of trying to rely on your own human understanding. So first Corinthians, second Corinthians chapter two and read verses one as you go down through here in chapter um, two, verse um, verse one, read down to verse 12. Okay. Okay. But yes. Okay. But I determined this with myself that I would not come again to you in heaviness. For if I make you sorry, okay. Wait, wait just a second. And that I would not come to you again in heaviness. Now I wonder if he made a trip, or he's just talking about he the second letter that he's written under them that I would not come to you again in heaviness. In other words, this is a carnal church. Like I said, this is the most worldly, disobedient, screwed up, unscriptural assembly of saved, born again, in the body of Christ, Christians, that Paul dealt with in the New Testament. So he says, come again. So it's not plain whether he's, he's using this come again by this letter or he actually made a trip in between verse two brother okay for if i make you sorry who is he then that maketh me glad but the same which is made sorry by me and i wrote this same unto you lest when i came i should have sorrow from them of whom i ought to rejoice having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears. Not that okay, you. It seems, it seems like it seems like he's referring to the letter. Then it seems by those words he just said, it seems like he may be referring to the letter instead physical instead of physical presence. But he was like I said, he's talking about his sorrow. He, he's not wanting to to come and be sorrowful again. The very last verses in, in chapter um, five or in chapter four, was, or let's see, yeah, in chapter four was, shall I come unto you with a rod? In other words, he would come smoking and preaching, preaching hellfire and damnation on their head. He, he said, should I come with, you know, with joy that, you know, in, in the last verse in chapter, or I think it's next to the last verse in chapter four. Go ahead with verse four here, brother. Okay. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears, not that ye should okay. be grieved. Okay, that, that, that solves the problem. This is it's the letter he's talking about. It's not talking about physical presence. Go ahead. Yes, I wrote. Not that ye should be grieved, but that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is the punishment which was inflicted of many. Okay, there's the punishment. Either we just got through reading what the punishment should be from the congregation, the guy was supposed to be churched or put out of the assembly. And as we're going to find out, well, anyway, we'll get to that when we get to it. 
but he was church. That's what we call it down south. He was put out of the assembly. They weren't supposed to have anything to do with it. All right. Now then, Paul is going to explain the reason he did it, and he's going to explain the reason for forgiving and taking the man back in the congregation. Undoubtedly, he repented and got right, and he got he was really in a depression. I hate to use the word depression, but it's true. He was really he really suffered for it, both mentally, mentally and spiritually. Go ahead, brother. So that contrary wise, ye ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore, I beseech you that ye would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. There you go. That's the reason for his his rock, his speaking that using that fork tongue, not fork tongue, but using that tongue as a rod on them in his first letter and his judgment about kicking that wicked person out of the congregation. He, he says right here that he was, he did, he, read, read verse nine again, brother. For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. Absolutely. What he told them was the right thing to do. And the secondary thing was that they would be obedient. Go ahead, brother. Verse 10. Yes. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of, Jesus, of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Yeah, I wish I wish that were true today with the majority of so-called Christians. But yes. they're just as ignorant of Satan's devices as well, I'm not gonna say that. But it's it's pitiful. It's a pitiful and it is because of lack of knowledge of this book. Yes. Real knowledge. Not knowing a little bit about this subject or that subject, but the knowledge of the book from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, and rightly dividing the word of truth. It's a shame because you have to know that, which is not, it shouldn't be a burden, it should be a blessing to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15. So now we see why Paul did it. He said, Rather take him back in and forgive him and prove your love unto him. At least he be overtaken, be overtaken with overmuch grief. Just like I gave you a spoiler alert that that's what the end matter end all would be to that situation. Now back to First Corinthians chapter five, brother. Okay. Verse nine. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. All right. Now, he says, not only are you not supposed to have anything to do with this bunch he's mentioning that are not saved or outside of the assembly, but especially not the ones that's in the assembly because he's done told you what he's, you're supposed to do under these situations. 
And it's not only the fornication that it's about that you're fixing to learn about. You're supposed to purge out the leaven. We're going to find out some other sins in the congregation that nobody talks about because you couldn't go to a church anywhere without finding the church full of this stuff going on because the church is so depraved today, basically speaking, that you couldn't find it. I mean, there's no churching going on. It's all love, love this, love that, love this, love that. No discipline. No actual belief in the words of God and no obedience, not putting Christ first in their life, not putting others next and putting their self last. No real joy. It's all about feel good, feel good, smiling, happy in the flesh. Continue on, brother. So let me ask a question then. So the fornicators who are not Christians and extortioners, etc., etc., are allowed into the assembly as visitors, as guests. But if they're brothers, then they're to be put out. Is that correct? That 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 would. That would seem to be the case, but if you really want to be technical about it, mm -hmm. they're supposed to be one outside of the body, outside the local body. Okay. And then, mm -hmm. then they're supposed to be brought in. Okay. Okay. That right. bringing, that going out and compelling them to come in that we read about mm -hmm. in the gospel. Yes. The, the way people have interpreted this used to. That's the only way it went down. There was no bringing in a whole bunch of people unless it was kind of a, a revival service, an outdoor meeting, which most were at that time. You didn't bring them into assembly till after they mm -hmm. were saved. Now you got a yes. church full of unsaved people that feel good and everybody thinks they're Christian and everybody's Christian is Kevin's daughter. Oh, yes. Mm, yes. Understand what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a problem there. Mm hmm. Yes, there's a big problem there. And you call a man a brother that ain't a brother, you just you you don't know you don't know nothing. You don't know about his life outside the, the okay. assembly, what mm -hmm. he's doing, what's going mm -hmm. on, where you could make that kind of judgment yourself, but you're supposed to purge the leaven out of the local body. The body okay. of the, your assembly to purge that leaven out because it has an effect. It has an effect on everybody else, whether you know it or not. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to yeah, have really. anything to do with this. And this, and now, now I want you to start, if you've got your concordance up, I want you to yes. start in, in, in Strong's concordance. And when Paul mentions this other list of not just the fornicators of this world, but then he goes through the list about the covetousness and so on. I want you to start reading there and read a little bit further, and I want, then I want you to look up each one of those things other than the fornication and read what the definition is in Strong's Concordance of those things, okay? Okay, so in 1 Corinthians 5.11, But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or a covetous or an idolater, <laughs> Or a railer. Right. Start, out, start out with covetous. Read okay. the definition. Read them or one them in, but okay, there we go. One at a time. All right. Okay. Covetous. covetous. 
And the Strong's definition says, holding, desiring more, i.e. eager for gain, avarice, hence a defrauder, covetous. Desiring more. A defrauder. If you want to, if you want to simplify, it can be simplified in this manner. Wanting or desiring something you don't need. Mm. I wonder how many would fit under that bill. See, that's yes. not talk. Next word, extortioners. There's a lot of places that teach you churches. Well, they call themselves churches. I have a bad habit of calling some assemblies or Christian country clubs or they're not churches whatever where they actually teach you to pray and believe for cadillac cars bigger houses more money that's right that's oh. right brother so they're teaching people to be covetous really that's exactly right and the bible defines covetousness as idolatry yes all yes. that covetousness is idolatry mm. yes okay Let's just check. Y'all people that are listening to this and are going to download this, you just think about what that you You read over that and you don't think that's not me. You want to pin that on somebody else. Desiring something that you don't need. Then you start worrying and trying to justify the reasons you need it. And believe me, the old flesh, the old man is one of the best justifiers of sin that there is. Because he wants what he wants, when he wants it, exactly the time, especially today's people. It hadn't always been that way, folks. It hadn't always been that way. Paul says, to be content with such things as you have. But we want to, we can find a million ways to justify this. Well, I'm doing this, so I'm going to save on this and just, it, it goes, folks, I've done it. You've done it. Most all of us have done it, if we'll be honest. But that's in the same category with fornication. Try that dress on for size, or that pants, those pants on for size, or those shoes on for size. Bible believer, huh? Want to obey the Lord, huh? Want to get rid of those and get the living out of your life, huh? So think about covetousness. And 99.9% of people that hear those words will blow that off within 15 seconds after we pass on to the next one. But the Holy Spirit, which is the real teacher, will deal in the hearts of the ones that need to be dealt with, that want to know the truth. And that's what we count on because the Holy Spirit is, bottom line, the teacher. I'm just the vessel. And these are the true words of God. Extortioners, brother. Uh, next one's an idolater. No, it's their covetousness or extortioners. What? Verse 10. 
Yeah, that's what it says. A brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner. Unless well, they change the letter Bible. <laughs> that's not verse 10. My, my verse 10 says, yet not only, not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters for there must needs ye go out of the world, out into the world, what it means, out into the world, talking about those that are out in the world. That's verse 10. Well, we're in verse 11. Okay, verse 11, he'll get back to you, get back to this. I'll read it. Yeah, I'll read it. Yeah, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such in one, not, no, not to eat. Okay, give us the definition of idolater. Yes, okay. Um, covetous idolater, Strong's, and it's the vase of 3000, an image in bracket servant or close bracket worshiper brackets, literally or figurative, close back brackets, an idolater. Do you want me to go to the vase? Yes, okay. Uh, G3000. Um, a hired medium to minister to God. Render religious homage. Serve. Do the service. Worshipper. So in this reference, okay. what it mean worshiping or doing service to something that oh, was... That, that's the blatant use. That's the okay. blatant worship of, of idols. Okay? Mm. Yes. What I'm trying to get to is where yes. covetousness is idolatry. I'm trying to right. tie, I'm, I'm trying to tie this. That's what the Bible says. Covetousness is idolatry. That's what it says. Right. So you tie those, you can tie those two together. They go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't worship no idols. Is that right? Anything you put before the Lord Jesus Christ is an idol. In the outline of biblical usage under number 2A, it says, a covetous man is a worshiper of mammon. There you go. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon, Christ said. You'll either hate one, love the other, love the one, and hate the other. You can't do it. It can't be done. You can't mix the two. They don't mix. And everybody tries to straddle, if I say everybody, people try to straddle the fence on that very topic. And churches don't never talk about this. Get on and watch the services. Go and watch the services of these churches. These men. It don't even matter. It can be all the way down to small churches and see how far removed professing Christians are from true biblical Christianity. That's the point I want to make here. Yes. Look up the word, look up railer. Find out what a railer is. Okay. A railer. 
A Raider is Strong's number 3060. Um, miss in brackets, mischief. Abusive, i.e., a, a blackguard. A railer, a reviler. I'm not sure what a blackguard is. Neither am I. Must be Old English or something. Must be. It must be. Someone who's involved in mischief, who's abusive, who rails, who reviles. Yeah. Would that be it? That's very, that's very, absolutely, absolutely. I don't think we need a definition for drunkards. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And then it says extortioners. Here it is again. So, Although we may want to slightly cover drunkard. Is that someone who drinks wine at a meal or someone who gets stone drunk every night? You know what right, I mean? Let, let's think well the Bible to find out what the Greek has to say about drunkards. Okay. It's called methysos. Um, outline of biblical usage is drunken, intoxicated. Uh, Strong says tipsy, i.e. a sot, drunkard. So tipsy would be someone who maybe just had a few glasses of wine. That's right. And so well, it's I not. Write, I didn't write this book, okay? Mm -hmm. Didn't write this book. And did anybody run over to Revelation chapter 20 and find out what goes in the lake of fire, you'll find out that drunkards is in that mix. And thank God that you can be, you can commit the act of drunkenness, but you can't be a drunkard and be a Christian. You're a, a Christian. You're in the body of Christ. You're, when God looks at you, all he sees is his righteousness. See, that's the reason you have to understand this book and under, rightly divide the truth. And so many people, like that guy we was talking about the other night, he would take this and put everybody in hell that ever got drunk after they become Christian. Or they had ever failed and stumbled and went off and drank too much. And there's some, he'd have them all in hell. And it just made me, made me want to take my computer and throw it through the wall because he's lying and gets all over all everybody else with the three quarters of the truth and then turns around and has no clue what the word of God actually means, the Pauline epistles actually mean. None. None. Okay, now let's go to extortioner. See what yeah. extortioner. I try to jump ahead to get to it, but we're here. We're back at it again. <laughs> okay. Uh, outline of biblical usage. Rapacious, ravenous, an extortioner, a robber. Strong says rapacious. Extortion, raven, ravening. That's what's, what's the definition? Just a straight definition. Is that the straight definition? Of Strong's, yes. It's rapacious. Colon hyphen extortion comma ravening. It's also from G726. Would you like a look? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because my, my vocabulary is fairly well. I've never heard that word you just said. Rapacious? 
Yeah, I've never heard that word before. Yeah. Uh, went over the top of my head. I think it's sort of, if my memory is right, that it's like lusting. Um, yeah. Like desiring more, being rapacious. And, you know, so if you're rapacious, you're get you're gaining by extortion because you're rapacious. Oh, I understand that. I understand yeah. that's our, that's okay. our basic understanding of extortion today. Mm-hmm is extorting money out of people by some mischievous means right that would okay be, that would be extortion but anyway g726 says from a derivative of g138 to seize in various applications catch pluck pull take by force and now it makes sense they like get gaining something by mischievous means yes extort money out of somebody okay paul says with such and one if anybody is one of these people up here drunkard idolater coaches railer no not to not just fornicator but the other and the big one being covetousness because covetousness like i said the bible pulls it all in together with idolatry Wow. That's a big one, folks. That's a big one. Now, you can either take it hard or blow it off, like I said. Because today's people will blow it off in a millisecond. Forget it was even mentioned. Forget to search their hearts. Forget to ask the Lord, do I fall into this category? Or if they are, if they do, if the Holy Spirit does convict, they'll blow it off and deaden their own conscience to the effectual working of the Spirit in their life. Of one, no, not to eat. Now we're going to get in. This is this is biblical separation, folks. How do he's done mention? We're not supposed to even associate with these people not just the ones that out that's out in the world like he just mentioned up there but the ones that are in our the so-called local one that is called a brother that's a broad brush first 12 brother well, what have i to do excuse me let me start again for what have i to do to judge them also that are without. Do not ye judge them that are within. See there? Paul said, I preach about those that are without. Or what have I to do with them that are without the assembly, without the body? Well, how about the ones that are in the body that's doing these things? Like I got to say. Verse 13, brother. We probably wouldn't be eating very much, Pastor Don. That's what I'm saying, brother. This is I'm, wow. I've, been, I've been making this statement for so long, and in the in the epistles, I'm, I'm, it's so easy to prove, and it's it, it is totally ignored by today's pastors. They're afraid to tell the truth because they're afraid they'll lose their support. They're afraid they'll make a, the big donor leave the congregation. 
They yes. just simply love the praise of men more than they do the praise of God. Period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a hard word, but you know, it's the truth. It's God's word. There it is. Absolutely. And what did Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Amen. Y'all hear broad spectrum teaching out there over subjects and everything. You don't hear, the majority don't hear true Bible expository teaching on individual words that apply to you and me because i've been guilty of probably every one of them things up there okay in the past except the extortion thing i've been through all that stuff And God's rod is will be strong on your back. And if you are a child of God, there will be chastening and scourging. And if there's not, you're not his son. And that's not my opinion. That's what the book says. Whomsoever the Lord loveth, he chastens and scourges, not some, but every Son who he receiveth. And if you be without chastisement, whereby all are partakers, then are ye a bastard and not a son. I wonder how many First Baptist Church or Assemblies of God's going to teach on that this coming Sunday. I mean, next Sunday. Mm. Yes. As far as that goes, just go read the full context of that, Brother Dave, in Hebrews 12. I think it starts in verse 6. Okay. Hebrews 12, verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Uh, back up. To verse 4, ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Rest my case. Back to verse 13, brother. Yes. Verse 13. But them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. There you go. So a person that's a railer or an extortioner or covetous 
are those things is just as bad as the fornicator that said he Paul said put them out don't even eat with them out of the assembly like doc used to say if every pastor observed these things right here and did their job as a call pastor teacher their church would probably if they had a, a just a, for a, a rough number if they had a hundred in the congregation it would dwindle down to less than you could count on one hand probably that uh word black guard according to the merriam-webster 1828 dictionary means uh number one it's obsolete the kitchen servants of a household a rude or unscrupulous person a person who uses foul or abusive language wow man does that ever take in a bunch yeah mm -hmm. see folks it's not all about oh, blah, 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 blah. Then anybody that comes is that is new to this probe comes in new as a downloader, and this is the stuff you hear. You will probably run as fast as you can because you haven't heard biblical teaching. You've heard subject teaching about certain subjects in the Word of God, not your personal relationship about the one that you're supposed to have with the one that loved you and died for you and shed his blood for your sin. To ignore these things is to do spite, as it says in Hebrews 10, to the spirit of grace. So as Paul says later on in this in chapter 15 verse 5 examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith prove your own selves prove your own selves know ye not christ is in you except you be reprobate the apostle peter said in second peter chapter one with all diligence brethren make your calling and election sure heavenly father thank you for this time we've had to go through chapter five here in your word father and help us to understand that topical teaching is good subject teaching is good it all has its part in teaching god's word but the individual teaching and pointing out individual sin in our lives so that we can clean things up and get rid of certain things in our life to be more pleasing to you so that the judgment seat of Christ, that suffering loss won't come upon us and ever all the works won't be burned by fire. And our testimony won't be lost. Our reputation, our reputation which can be made in a moment and destroyed in a moment. That's basically what, what you testify to 
as a Christian that you're a child of God, you can lose that testimony. You can lose that reputation as a Christian. Even and the Lord can take you out of here early if you continually disobey the admonitions of the Spirit. Father, we know this because that's what your book says if rightly divided and applied in their own lives. Understanding that all these things are not for somebody else in some other age, but they're for us today. Yes. And that's the reason we find ourselves in the position we are as a body of Christ because people are so divided they've gotten away from the truth of your words. And Father, I pray that you take these words that's been spoken tonight. I pray that everyone that hears this broadcast would reread this slowly. Yes. Take their time, examine yourself, prove these things, whether they be so, and examine yourselves. Pay attention to the wooing of the Spirit. If any man say he hath no sin, Lord, you said it in 1 John chapter 1. He's a liar and the word's not in him. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to yeah. cleanse us of all unrighteousness to where we can restore our fellowship with him, with you, Father. And I pray all these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. The contact information before, for before you read the contact information, Brother Dave, I want you to okay. go to second second Timothy chapter three, if you would please. Okay. And I want you to this is actually this this is written two thousand years ago. And you when you hear this list, your mind should just go to spinning. Because anybody that's ever been members of a church somewhere or been or paid attention to other people and even yourself been under conviction about being like what Brother Dave's fiction read. Because that's the way it is today. Because Paul's going to tell you that it takes place basically in the last days, which we're in today. Actually, technically, the last days started the moment of the resurrection, everything after that. Even John says in his epistle that these are the last days. Start in verse 1 and read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse, start in verse 1 and read till I stop you, brother. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 3? I thought yeah, I heard 2 Corinthians. Okay. There we go. Verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, petty, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That's good enough, brother. But just read the next verse for good, for good measure. 
okay? Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from saying I'm a Christian, saying I'm a Christian, and then being guilty of what Paul just got through saying. Hmm. Doesn't it say from such turn away? Yes. From such that's, turn away. That's exactly what he commanded here in First Corinthians 1. These people turn away from these other people. The true body, the true assembly, the ones that obey and are obedient. Like he said in Second Corinthians chapter 2, he was checking them for their obedience. They'll do these things. And these admonitions that are given to us individually are taken to heart. You got contact information now, brother. Okay, contact information for Don Spears Ministry. The telephone number is 334-397-2333. The email is respecttothelord at yahoo.com. And you can go to PayPal and you can enter Pastor Don's account, which is the same as his email, respecttothelord at yahoo.com. And Don Spears will come up. Please avail yourself of an offering, if possible, to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord will repay. Mailing address is 3155 Louisville Street, Department D1, Clio, Alabama. Zip code 36017. 36017. Sorry. Don Spears Ministry Sermon Times are on TalkShoe Friday and Sunday night. Live on TalkShoe. Time is 6 Central, 7 Eastern. And you can get there by going forward, forward, www.talkshoe.com forward slash studio forward slash 4971345. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you again Thank Friday. You. Amen. Then we'll be in First uh, Corinthians chapter six as Paul will continue on as he goes on through this book of rebuking this carnal assembly that he himself had led to Christ, which he told you that in chapter four that he was their father in the Lord. So we will be in chapter six, Lord willing and health permitting, this coming Friday night. God bless each and every one of you, and may God smile upon you, and may his spirit dwell in you and lead and guide you into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night, folks. Good night. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today, and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.